0: Good morning everybody. Good morning. Well, Reverend Millie survived last week, did she do a good job? Yes. Yeah, she did. Oh, it's only just begun, girlfriend. Just wait. <laughs> so, I know I listened, she did a great job. She did a great job. So, thank you. Thank you for giving me the break, too. I needed the break. So, I'm thrilled to do that. Well, it's that time of year when everybody goes back to school. And I was driving through a school zone this week, and um, there was a little kid that had her hair back in ponytails, and she got out of the car, and her mother got out of the car, and it was not a pretty scene, and so the little girl starts to scream, and the mother is shoving her toward the school, because, you know, mothers are trying to be loving, but like, I've waited five years for this sucker to get out of my hair. You know, she's trying to shove this little girl along the way, and the little girl just doesn't want to go, and she's screaming and holding onto her mother's skirt. And the next thing I you know, the mother takes her by the hand, brings her up, hands her over to a, an adult. I'm not sure it was a teacher. It could have been a police officer. I don't know who it was. So here you go. And off to the van she goes. And the next thing we know, the little girl is following right behind her and holding on to the bumper of the car. And it's like... So, um, no, it was fine. So... Because the mother saw it and the mother picks up the girl, gives her a kiss, gives her a hug, and then goes over, brings her into the school physically and comes out alone. And you could just see this sigh of relief because the rest of us were waiting for a bus to unload. So I got to watch that whole dynamic. And I thought to myself, I remember as a little kid trying to... to um, figure out my way in a new school and trying to figure out my way of how this was all gonna work out. How many of you have that memory Yeah, being dropped off and you think, you think life has ended and it's not. It's actually only just begun. And it's interesting because I think each one of us needs to go back to school every single fall because we get caught in the dynamic of life and we forget that it's always about learning something new that it's always about opening ourselves up to a new adventure every single day. And so learning is a really important piece in our life. And I oftentimes worry that we shut ourselves down and refuse to learn something new. And how I know that is happening is this week at the Rocky Mountain Cancer Center, they um, went in for my chemo on Wednesday and on Tuesday we went in and the staff was just in a real tither. And the reason they were is they were doing a new computer program. And so they're trying to figure it out and they're trying to get the information. And so I'm talking to one of the nurses and I'm saying, how's it going? And she goes, oh, I hate this new program. She said, you have to go to six different places where before it was all on one sheet. And and I said, yeah, progress. You know, progress sometimes looks strange. And then by the time I went to get my pump off on Friday, um, after wearing it for a couple of days, I said to the nurse, well, how have you survived it? She said, we survived it. And she said, but here's what I learned. It's forcing us to learn something new and all of us fight it. And she said, and it's ridiculous. Because the option is you're either going to get fired or you're going to use the program. (laughs) So I'm saying to you this morning, my
1: friends.
0: (laughs) Do I need to fire you to help you understand and help me understand that we are here to learn. That we're here to learn something new every single day. And the only way we learn is by doing, by putting one foot in front of the other in order to really learn. It's an important element in the process. So this is John Holt. So John Holt is a famous cello player, uh, player. has been one for many, many years, and he wrote this wonderful reflection. He said, not many years ago, I began to play the cello. Most people would say that what I'm doing is learning to play the cello. But these words carried into our minds the strange idea that there exists two different very perspectives: one, learning to play the cello, and two, playing the cello. They imply that I will do the first until I have completed it, at which point I will stop the first process and begin the second. In short, I will go on learning to play until I have learned how to play and then I will begin to play. Of course this is nonsense. There are not two processes. There is simply only one. We learn to do something by actually doing it. There is no other way. And yet oftentimes we fight it. We fight change on every single level in our life and yet the process of learning, is to be open to change, open to evolution, open to that divine expansion which you and I were built, made, and created in, in this divine image. What we learn to do, we learn by actually doing it. We actually have to risk doing something different in order to learn something different and to be something different. I love this, because as I'm learning all the time, the tombstone will be my diploma. <laughs> What I know is some people choose to die early. I call them people of the night of the living dead. They died 10 years ago and nobody told them. Because they made a decision at some point in their life that they were not going to do anything different in their life. And we all do it. We do it in specific areas in our life. For some of us, we're really open and willing to learn new things in one arena, but we're dead set against another. And we just put down the tombstone that says, that's it, I'm not doing it. And the minute you do that, what happens to you and I is we stop expanding. We stop growing. And it is like being dead. We become the people of the night of the living dead. I remember one woman in my parish when I used to be a Catholic priest many years ago, and uh, she, I, I, I knew that she had decided at some point in her life that she was no longer going to be open to anything. And so her name was Ruth. She was a feisty woman. And in her feistiness, people got hurt. And in discovering and having a conversation with her, I discovered that her tombstone date was the day she divorced her husband. She stopped from that point being open to relationship, open to love, and open to anything that would change or shift her in her life. My question to all of us this morning is, what's your tombstone? What have you put in the way of your divine expansion? We are built in the image and likeness of God God is nothing but divine expansionness that goes on and on and on. And that's why it feels so awful when we make the choice not to grow anymore, not to learn anymore. And so this morning, I'm going to challenge all of us to pick something new in our life and begin to do it. Because we learn by doing, because the capacity to learn is a gift. The ability to learn is a skill, And the willingness to learn is a choice. We can choose to be the people of the night of the living dead or we can choose divine expansion, which is our natural state of order. That's right, you and I are constantly expanding. It's interesting, when people die, uh, we call it transition. We don't call it death. We call it transition because what we believe in this movement is that we believe that life continues to expand and go on, that there is no defined ending peace, that eternal life is eternal expansion. And so when you and I shut anything down in our life that doesn't allow us to really grow and expand, what happens is we experience pain, suffering, isolation, loneliness, and the list goes on. I love this by Albert Einstein, he says, once you stop learning, you start dying. My friends, it's time to go back to school. It's time to get on the bus, let go of your mama's little excuse, and begin to grow. Because if you are not willing to learn, no one can help you. No entity can do it, no specific thing can do it unless we are open to receiving. If you are determined to learn, no one can stop you. No one. You become this unstoppable force. So I have three areas that I want us to focus on this morning about how we learn by doing. The first one is we have to surrender and learn once. That means we have to learn from our mistakes. Mistakes is just simply an experience that we have that says not here, don't go there, go somewhere else. Mistakes are constantly communicating to you and I what we need to be doing. Secondly, learning from others. Learn from others' mistakes. Begin to observe and really see what is happening. And last but not least, life is about learning joy. It's not supposed to be miserable. Learning should not be painful. So first one, surrender and learn once. i want to share with you a powerful little story The author writes, my name is Wang. My family lived in North China. You must remember that China is a huge country. The North is very cold in the winter. We have to wear plenty of clothing to prevent frostbite. When we go out, we must put on several layers of clothing and we always wear headgear to cover our ears and necks as well as the top of our head. We also wear gloves with big fur boots. These clothes, especially the boots are expensive and they get handed down from one child to another as we grow out of them. It does not matter if you are a girl or a boy. I got to wear my sister's pink boots for the longest time. Kids' feet grow so quickly, they soon grow out of their boots. We do have a clever way of using socks so that boots can stay in their own owners for a little bit longer. When we first get our boots, we may wear three pairs of socks in order for them to fit. Then we go down to two and then we go down to one pair. Then sadly we pass them on or gladly if we've already had another pair of good boots just waiting for us. If we are lucky, one pair of boots will last one child a whole winter before they get passed down to the next person. I remember one year when I was 11 years old and I got a pair of boots from my neighbor who was 12. They were hot pink. I was used to getting his boots and clothing when he grew out of them. I looked at them. They were very much worn. He must have had them for some time because they were worn in every direction. Usually his things were all right, and they were not too worn out, but these boots were quite tattered, and I was cross. I, would be, I wanted to expect to be able to wear these boots for a whole winter, yet I was embarrassed. My mother told me I must wear them carefully and look after them because she did not know where the next pair of boots would come from, and if I wore these out, I would be barefoot. She certainly could not afford to buy me a new pair. I hated those boots. I decided I would wear them out as quickly as I could, then she would have to get me a better pair somewhere. We used to walk to our village for school every day. There would be ice on the road, and every child knew you would not slide on the ice or you would wear out your boots. So guess what I did? I slid on the ice. I slid and I slid, and I showed off my sliding to other people. And some of them tried it too. The older ones told us not to slide as our boots would wear out and we would, not, we would end up getting frostbite. I knew an old neighbor had frostbitten hands. He had lost two fingers. The other children stopped sliding, but I carried on. Wang wanted to wear his boots out on the ice. Finally, I managed to wear a hole in my boot. I felt triumphant. Now my mother would have to get me another pair of boots. I showed the hole in my boot to her, and she just looked at me. Well, what do you want me to do about it, she said. And she gave me the mother's stare. I want a better pair of boots, I said. I told you these were no good. Do you think I don't know what you've been up to on the boots? Do you think your friends say nothing to their mothers and that their mothers say nothing to me? I hope you enjoyed sliding on the ice. I looked on. Why didn't you tell me to stop sliding then? I get tired of telling you to stop doing things when you know very well what will happen to you if you don't. You must take responsibility for your own actions when you know something will go wrong and you do it anyway. My mother made me mend my boots with stinking fishing glue and some old leather from a pair of worn out boots. The men hurt my foot and gave me blisters. After two weeks of watching me limp, my mother took my boots and remended them herself so they didn't hurt me anymore. I was always careful to look after my boots and clothing after that experience. I made sure I handed them on in good condition to the next person. I did learn from my mistakes. My mother said it was all right to make mistakes as long as we don't keep wearing them on and on and on. Surrender and learn once. Learning from your mistakes is the greatest gift on the planet. Most people spend their life regretting their mistakes. The key is to surrender to the experience. Learn it once so you can move on. Surrender is playing a very important role in my life these days. When you get an illness for a second time, like cancer, you must learn to surrender. You must learn to let go of what you think was possible and open yourself up to something even greater. Each and every one of us wears a pair of boots in life And they oftentimes will lead us to places where we make mistakes. And when you make a mistake, there's a tendency to beat yourself up, there's a tendency to somehow tear yourself down, failing to realize all it was was a signal from the universe to not go there, to go in a different direction. What are your old boots What are the old mistakes that you continue to carry on and on and on? Is it the same relationship but a different person? The same behavior patterns that never seem to shift or change in our lives. We just change persons to express them. Instead of learning our own mistakes and realizing they have been a gift for us to change, Holding on and refusing to learn and refusing to forgive. So we marry two different brothers, Pete and repeat. Repeating over and over and over again, the same mistakes. Shutting down after a mistake. Where we shut ourselves down, we beat ourselves up, we create a wound and then we live from that wound. Thinking the other person needs to change, what a useless amount of energy that takes. I have never known a single person that I wanted to change that ever changed, have you? They do not change. We must be the change that we seek in the world. We must be that change after the mistake. We must be the ones that are changing ourselves each and every moment with every mistake that happens. Or lastly, using blame instead of wisdom from a mistake. Blaming institutions. Blaming people. Blaming the boss. The list goes on and on and on. And yet when we do blame, point your finger at me, we've done this before. How many fingers you have pointing back at yourself? you you're three times more responsible with what you're blaming everyone else for in life. I hate that, and I know it's true. The power and the wisdom of a mistake is critically important in our spiritual development. Mistakes is the universe's way of shouting to you and I, don't go there. That's not who you're supposed to be. Stand here. Be here. Good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from poor judgment. Have you not noticed? Because when you make a mistake, there are only three things you should ever do about it. Read it with me. Admit it, learn from it, and don't repeat it. Three very simple things. Three simple things. Anyone who has never made a mistake has never tried anything new. If you do not make mistakes, it means you are not growing. It means you have decided to put your tombstone in place. To have the courage to step forward and to learn and do something new opens the possibility for a mistake. But in the mistake comes a powerful growth. Dale Carnegie, the famous motivational man said, the successful man will profit from his mistakes and try again in a different way. You don't go back and do it again. That's called stupid or insanity. What you do is you look for a different alternative. The universe is clear with us every day. The universe's stance is very simple. You are meant to be fully 100% who you are and living in joy. And anytime you waver from that, there will be a mistake. You will pick something up that does not belong to you and you will experience pain and suffering until you put the thing down and go back to center, to that which you know to be true, to that which gives you joy and peace and happiness. Mistakes are a part of being human. Appreciate your mistakes for what they are, precious life lessons that can only be learned in a hard way unless it's a fatal mistake which at least others can learn from. You are a human. You will do what? Read the rest with me. And it's one of the most beautiful things about being human. But you must learn from your mistakes. Otherwise, your life will have a lot. The key is unnecessary. The key is to be in choice and to be in the power and love of who you are. Mistakes aren't meant for learning are meant for learning, not for repeating. And yet we repeat them over and over again. We learn them on a global level as well. When has a war ever caused peace in our planet? Never. When has diversity and the fear of diversity And the more we cause people to be different instead of bringing people together, it never works. When you bring people together, the world works. Yet we keep making the same mistake over and over again. We keep saying this group belongs and this one doesn't. This one's okay, this one isn't. We keep repeating the same mistake over and over and over again. I look at our racial issues in this country and we just keep repeating it over and over again. I wanna say, when are we ever gonna learn? that we come from one source, one power we call God. And that God cannot be contained in any culture, any color, any sexual orientation. Rather, it takes the diverse world in order to contain the beauty of the one spirit we call God. Learning from our mistakes over and over and over again. Secondly, Learn from others. Be open to receive the message that has been given to us. Now, we can learn from others in many different ways. We can learn from others who cause us discomfort in our life. We can learn from others who drop wisdom into our lap. It's a powerful story that depicts this so beautifully. From the seat in the van, the row of tomato plants looks like neatly picked up sticks. It was harvest time, picking season for hundreds of migrant workers. With teams of youth, I was ready to spend the week in renovating my old church and community center. Yet after that week of labor, my most valuable lesson came not from my own efforts, but from spending time with my church community. By the way, this was written by a visa volunteer a visa volunteer, um, when I was a priest in Avondale. And also, when I was a priest in Montrose, we had Vista volunteers—people who would come and work with the migrant community. This was written by one of my Vista volunteers. One kind of family invited us. One kind family invited us to come with them into the tomato fields. Early in the morning, we rose, dressed in long sleeves for protection, and we went to meet the family. They smiled, slowing their routine to be patient with us. I met their daughter, who was my age. She and her brother taught me how to pick the tomatoes, those of good size and those of good color. In the hot sun, they showed us where they kept the water and laughed at us when we took breaks. I realized how much I had in common with the girl, the two young people with hopes and dreams separated only by space and culture. I learned what it was to understand, to be open to new people and a new way of life. That Sunday I met the girl and her brother again. They came to the church bringing tomatoes with fresh watermelon to share. This family whose life depended on filling baskets with tomatoes took precious time to share their profits with us and with me. They understood the joy and goodness of life far better than any of us from teenagers in the city. We were the ones who seemed to have everything, yet it was I who had much to learn. From their warm and open kindness, I saw the beauty of sharing with others. They who had very little truly understood the value of giving. I remembered that as I began to look and began to realize that their only food and the only way they got paid was by the number of tomatoes they gave out. And yet here they were sharing their tomatoes with me, me who knew where my next meal would come from they who were dependent on their next meal by what they had picked. Every day, people come into our path asking us to learn. Whether it's the person who gave you permission to get on I-25 off of Woodman Road. Learn. There was generosity. The angels and the lessons are many. And they come in many forms, shapes, and sizes. That's right. Your ex-husband and your ex-wife were your best angels. Did you hear them? Did you learn? Did you say thank you? The people who caused pain in your life, did you learn? Did you learn the lesson? I love this. This is, I met a person who was in a wheelchair. He related a story of how a person once asked if it was difficult to be confined to a wheelchair. He responded, I'm not confined to my wheelchair. I am liberated by it. If it wasn't for my wheelchair, I would be bedridden and never be able to have my room or house. What we perceive as a limitation, another person has a message for us. It is freedom. If you have knowledge, let others light their candle from it. And light your candle from other people's knowledge. Learn what works and what doesn't in life. It's critical. Learn from the mistakes of others. You can never live long enough to make them all yourself. (laughs) So you might as well learn from them. You might as well pick it up and take a look at it. My dad once gave me and my brother each a dollar out of nowhere. I scoffed and said, dad, it's just a dollar, you can keep it. He got really mad and said, never try to give anything back to someone that someone gives you. It could be all they have to give and a huge sacrifice to them. We're giving stuff every day. But the openness of the receiver is important. The possibility of learning. Because everyone you will meet knows something that you don't and it is information that you and I need. I have watched so many times in my life that what I didn't learn the first time I ended up learning the second time, and the third time, and the fourth time, all by different people trying to give me the same message. Are we open to receive it? Are we open to see it? What I know is it takes a wise man to learn from his mistakes, but an even wiser man to learn from others. To be open, to learn a different way of being. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, in our textbook, wrote this wonderful paragraph that I love. He says, we are all carrying the mistakes and negative experiences of our past into the future merely because we have not disconnected them from our minds. If we are creating a negative future, it is because we have not changed our thought about it. Learn the lesson and move into the power of inner wisdom that will guide and expand you into your next great yet-to-be. You are an ever-expanding spirit that will continually expand your knowledge. Receive the gift, my friends, from others. The power to be able to understand that we are all angels with one wing helping the other to fly. That we have a piece of knowledge that no one else has that we are meant to distribute and that people who are encountering us have the exact same thing if we are open to receive it. So as you grow older, you will discover that you have two hands, one for helping yourself and the other for helping others. The two hands distributing the wisdom that we need. Last but not least, learn the lesson that life is not about being in pain. Life is about joy. It's about happiness. And that it is expressing itself in every vehicle possible if we'd open our eyes to receive it. But oftentimes we are so busy and caught in our own stuff that we miss the obvious. So this morning, I want you to watch and see the joy that is all around us if we would just look. Imagine if that was our focus. Imagine if that was our whole life lesson from being here on the planet, that we were here to simply recognize joy, that we were here simply to bring joy to others, that we are here simply to expand, to learn, grow, and delight with each other. What if that's the reason for the planet? wouldn't it look a little different than it looks like right now? Well, then let's start. Let's start now by recognizing that is the truth of the planet. That we are here to learn and grow and to be in joy. That we are here to forgive. That we're here to let go. That we're here to open our eyes to all the possibilities of that which life has to offer us. Instead of being caught up in all the stuff where life doesn't. Because life flows in search of joy. The highest joy is in the divine. Always aim to attain that. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Learning and getting joyful. Learning and forgiving. The joy of life comes from the encounters with new experiences and hence there is no greater joy than to have an endless changing horizon for each day to have a new and different sun. We can't do that if we're shut down. We can't do that if we're not open to learning and changing and expanding and growing and look at the possibilities. There is nothing in life to take seriously except the joy of life. Just learning that lesson would be worth it that there is joy in the midst of every single thing that is happening. My God Squad this uh, past week was uh, psychedelic. I don't know if if you're friends with me on Facebook, you got to see it. But it was amazing what happened. We got on the elevator, um, because we always take the picture in the exact same spot in the front of Rocky Mountain Cancer Center. And now we have the guy who parks the cars he takes our picture and he's taken every single one of the pictures I have ever done in all this realm of chemo. And so we got on, he goes, oh man. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. So he goes behind his little thing and he takes out sunglasses and he goes, there. Because it was so bright. And then he took our picture. The engagement of joy amidst chemo. What a concept. What a concept. We have people singing Feeling groovy, dun, dun, dun. they were singing to us all day. In Rocky Mountain Cancer Center, joy. It's the purpose of life. If we're open, if we're expanding, and if we're learning. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, puts it perfectly. He said, life is the activity of learning and expansion. And when we stop being active, we turn away from the newness of life. And the person who grows old in years without an inward expectation and assurance that he is going to live forever somewhere will find that the last part of his life is burdened with thoughts of yesterday. Let us make up our minds that yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has yet to arrive, but today can be filled with wonder, joy, and wisdom if we know that we stand on the threshold of that which is wonderful and new. God has no agenda, only ours. The universe responds according to our agenda, according to the threshold in which you and I stand, and according to the threshold in which you and I view life. That is what the universe is waiting for. And when we experience pain and suffering, it is because we have forgotten that we're in charge of this whole thing. Get back into alignment. Get back into the joy. Because when we are centered in joy, we attain our wisdom. When we're centered anywhere else, we experience suffering. Being joyful is our natural state of being. Say that. Being joyful. I want us to use that as an affirmation this week from Deepak. Being joyful is our natural state of being. When you want to get aggravated this week, you are going to say, Being joyful is our natural state of being. When someone cuts you off in traffic, you're going to say this week, Being joyful
1: is our natural state of
0: being. When you want to punch a coworker in the face, you are going to say, being joyful is our natural state of being. That is exactly correct. That is what we're about. Michelangelo had a famous comment at the age of 87, and this is what he said: "I am still learning. I am still learning. We have people who are older than that in this space who will continually to, to learn. Do we not? Yes. Are you still learning, Vivian? You're damn right, she said. (laughs) It brings the joy. It brings the laughter. So this week, get on the school bus. Get on the school bus. Surrender and learn once. Whatever the mistake is, say, thank you, spirit. Got it and move on. This week, get on the school bus and open your eyes and learn from others. And last but not least, this week, life is about joy. Try it. Just try it and feel the difference. Pray with me. There is a powerful energy in the universe we call God. That divine spirit that whispers in the flutter of a butterfly on the nose of a dog. The powerful energy and the beauty of the sunset after a a magnificent day. The tiny whisper of the wind in the pines in Monument, Colorado in the morning. It is all God expressing itself as joy calling each and every one of us to recognize that we are here to be energy of love, life, and joy. What I know is that I am one with that divine energy. It is the breath that I am breathing at this very moment. It is breathing me. I know that each and every person in this sacred space this morning, in our center, is expressions of the one One power, one essence, one life we call God. I know for every single person on the planet, there is a divine unity, a oneness, a beauty and an essence of life that is expressing through us as us. And we call it spirit. So what I claim and know for us this day is that we get on the school bus of life. I claim and know this day that we release all the mistakes of the past. All the fear, all the unforgiveness, we let it go this day. We stand in the divine knowing that the lesson has been learned. We accept the truth and we move. We move in that divine direction knowing that we are meant to be vehicles of joy, that we are meant to communicate to each other the power and the lessons of life. And for all of that, I say thank you, Spirit. I claim and know that for our world this day, that we learn our lessons. I claim and know that there is one power celebrating in diversity of culture, race, creed, that it is one power, one strength, one love, teaching us that we are connected to each and every one of us. What a joy it is to know the lessons. What a joy it is to be open to learn constantly. I claim and know that for us this day. I remove any obstacle that is in this space, in our minds, at this place, that says that we cannot learn, I remove it. And I claim and know for us that there is a divine strength and a divine power that cannot wait to express itself as us through us, and we allow it to be. We open our lives, we open our minds, and we continue to learn in this divine expansion. I'm in such gratitude for the power of spirit that says yes to our every wish, desire, and thought. I say thank you, spirit. Thank you, spirit, for the ability to learn our lessons. Thank you, spirit, for the divine expansion that is ours, that has been given to us, As we step into it and we learn that life is about joy, expansion, and that it is expressing to us in every mode of life, we open our eyes, we open our heart, and we receive it and breathe in the great magnificence of yes. Yes to life, yes to learning, yes to lessons, and yes to joy. So I release this, putting it into the universal law, knowing the minute I have spoken this word, the universe dances in delight, expresses the lessons, grows our hearts, and causes us to dance in sheer joy. I simply let this be. And with one voice, we sing and we affirm together.
1: I am the place where God lives. and breeze and has its being. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and breeze and has its feet. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God. Is, moves and breeze and has his being I am the place where God shows up mm-hmm. I am the place where god is moves and breeze and has his being I am the place where god
0: This is the time we get to circulate with joy our prosperity. All the gifts that we have been given, we now circulate because we know it comes back to us double-fold. So I invite you to take your tithe, your gift, place it over your heart, and I invite those who are our online um, audience as well, if you would join us in this law of circulation and let us pray our affirmation together. I joyfully celebrate the flow of God through me. I am grateful for receiving and giving to my spiritual community. I give thanks, always knowing God is my source, and so it is.